Welcome back to the Bay Brothers Podcast. Bay Brothers Podcast. Buckle up for an action-packed show with some of the best content in the land. With your hosts, Jack and Andrew. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bay Brothers Podcast. Today is Tuesday, May 19th. I'm Andrew Hall. He's Jack Deasing. And today for our episode for our open, our laydown of the show, we're starting you off with the final four of the best ways to eat a potato as uh, there have been many new ways developed as of late. So we'll give you our favorites. Then uh, we're going to do a soft tissue tough cookie like we do at the start of every week. And we'll close you out with uh, a closure of the last last dance, uh, the Michael or the Michael Jordan and the Bulls documentary. So uh, today, our final four, as I said before, best ways to eat a potato. I got the first pick today. Um, and I guess I'm just going to go with the classic one, French fries. Um, I guess McDonald's French fries are like one of my favorites up there. Although the most, probably the uh, very, very unhealthy, obviously. But um you have fries, you have frites, kind of the same thing, um, but just nice, crispy French fries. A little side of barbecue sauce is my personal favorite, but just with a burger with some chicken tenders, good old American food, I guess. All right, yeah, I think that's easily number one overall for most people these days. For my uh, first pick, I'm going to go with chips, potato chips. Um, as the Brits call them, they call them crisps. Just for any, any UK listeners right now, but yeah, yes, like the, actually the fish and chips is. Uh, I was very surprised because I I went to the UK, I get the fish and chips, and it's not chips. It's like, um, it's just kind of like roasted potatoes almost. It's not it's not a chip really. It's kind of like more like the homemade fry kind of thing. Yep, exactly. All right, so yeah, so the potato chip, I mean. Uh, like the the classic Lay's, they've been around for a long time. A lot of people love them. I've kind of, I guess I don't eat them as much anymore. They're my, favorite, my favorite. My favorite is uh, Cape Cod. Are those you kind of that, more like you the kettle Yep, yep, kettle chips. I okay, like those. Yeah, yeah. So is kettle chips just kind of like a form of like the potato chips? I think chip it's just, just a like, little bit different. Maybe, I don't know how they're different, but a little bit different than the Lay's ones. I think it's just like baked like longer because it gets crispier then and i feel like it kind of takes some of the kind of greasiness out of it and yeah 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 i like the kettle ones more too yeah um but some of the flavored lays ones are very very good the sour cream and onion those are my favorites for the lays brand yeah i totally agree um all right for my second pick um i'll take hash browns um a breakfast favorite uh, probably my favorite like breakfast side. I say, uh, my favorite breakfast in the world: sweet and simple eggs, hash browns, bacon. One of the greatest combinations on the face of the earth. So I, I don't think you can go wrong with hash browns. I do like the hash browns where they. It's not a potato pancake, but um, it's kind of like a square, like in the form of a hash brown. I do like those, but just normal, straight up. Um, shredded potatoes that are made in hash browns are great also. Wait, so you're saying you like the shredded ones more, like the kind of little like Well, I, 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 I like the cubes. Well, no, 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 the cubes are different. Those are breakfast potatoes. 
Um, I'm talking about something different. Have you ever gotten a hash brown from McDonald's? I think so. Oh, yeah, where it's kind of like the outer crust, too. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So th- is that your that's your favorite? I guess that would be my favorite, but I usually I would never have that for breakfast. That's kind of just a special treat. But those are my favorite hash browns. But the normal conventional hash browns are great as well. Yeah, like kind of with hash browns, but like also talking about like breakfast, do you like going out for breakfast? Because breakfast foods are great, but I don't know how I feel about going out for breakfast sometimes. No, I don't um, particularly like like the social aspect is kind of fun. Like on for my swim team, we go out to breakfast, but I think it's a lot more fun if you have people over and someone makes a homemade breakfast. And I think breakfast is one of the things that it's really not that hard to screw up, honestly. Um, like pancakes, you just put some water into the mix and you put them on a pan with some butter. It's pretty conventional. French toast, I think, is a very easy recipe that can be delicious. Bacon, not hard to manhandle. Um, you name a breakfast item, I think I can handle it. That's pretty much what I'm saying here. Yeah, I agree. Like even me, who I don't like really enjoy cooking that much, it's not very difficult to make some decent eggs or something like right. that. Right. Yep. All right. For my next pick, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with tater tots. Um, I wish tater tots were more um like kind of in the same level as fries at restaurants and places because i think tear tots kind of fall under the cracks a little bit um they're amazing i i wish i had them more than fries maybe because i just don't have them as much but i don't know like tear tots i think people miss out on them a lot and they're amazing food just kind of like fries where you just kind of keep eating them boom 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 i agree with you on that one i think they're i don't even know how they make them but uh have you ever had loaded tater tots where they put like bacon and maybe a little cheese in them? I have not. Is that like a Taco Bell thing? Uh, no, I don't it think so. Like I just Taco I've Bell had thing. them as an appetizer before. I don't really remember where, but they're very good um, with like loaded tater tots, I guess. Um, question: uh, Is sweet potato can that be a, a pick? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, it's a different different kind of type. I don't even know like. Do they? How do they make it? I don't really know. If you can explain that to me. Well, well, they're a whole different plant, actually, and they have a whole different like. Uh, they're very, very different than the normal potato. They got a lot more nutrients. They have a lot more fiber. So if you're looking for um, getting some healthy aspects out of uh, potato, sweet potato is actually the better option to go. So for my next pick, I'm gonna take sweet potato casserole. It's more of a dessert, honestly, and it's kind of a Thanksgiving delicacy. Uh, maybe around uh, Christmas time you have it too, but you get like brown sugar, some milk, lots of butter, um, and you mix it up. Maybe put some pecans in it, and then you put marshmallows on top, and that is a great. That's like a top five favorite food for me. Um, I always pick it first in the Thanksgiving draft, and I'm taking it here. Yeah, I do like having um, a sweet potato. Get kind of those mini ones in a bag i just warm up kind of just eat it as a snack plain almost don't really need to add yeah the plain for me plain for sweet potatoes are really good too yeah all right for my uh next pick i'm gonna go with uh au gratin potatoes if you say right um i do really enjoy these because basically wait, wait, wait. Just... so uh i'm not really i i i've definitely heard of them is this the poutine or is that different i don't know what poutine means okay okay explain the au gratin because i don't know what that is Okay, so basically, 
if you have your potato, they're like really thin slices, and then you cover it with like cheese and butter. And it's kind of kind of all mashed, not mashed together. But Do you it's put like, like gravy on top too, or is that different? No, it's just like like cheese and butter, really heavily coated. Um, just kind of like cheesy potatoes is kind of another name for kind of just simplify it. Gotcha. All right. Um, for my last pick, I'm gonna take twice baked potatoes. Um, so this is kind of similar to a baked potato, but a little bit different. I'll explain to you. So you put the potato into the oven for however long until it's tender. Then you take it out. You take out the contents. So you cut it right down the middle. So, and then it makes a little, uh, makes a little seal. So then you take out the potatoes, you put in milk, you put in butter, uh, you can put in bacon, you can put in cheese, you can put in some spices put it back into the potato, seal it up, you put it back in the oven, and it is a great combination. I made these on my Traeger grill yesterday, or uh, last week, I mean, for the Survivor finale, and that was great. Um, but I, I do like this way of doing the potato. Interesting. Seems like a, a big process, but seems seems to pay off at least here. It, it does, it does. All right, from our last pick, kind of surprise, this one is still on the board. Uh, that's mashed potatoes. Kind of. Well, I'm I'm not a mashed potatoes guy though. I I don't really? like them, so that's why that's why I fell. It was, it, this was a value pick for you, I guess. Yeah, this is kind of the Mike Piazza sixty second round. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> um, no, but I mean mashed potatoes. Everybody, or I guess you don't, but most people love them. Kind of the plain, simple mashed potato, easy to make. Um, goes a lot with a lot of dishes. I don't know. They they go down really easy kind of light you could just kind of keep piling on and keep eating it thanksgiving special as well um honorable mentions i have uh like roasted like garlic potatoes which you would have for dinner um i had these in italy once with uh, a suckling pig don't know what that is but it was excellent oh those were those were to die for um and my other honorable mention is just sweet potatoes, I guess. Just like cut up sweet potatoes. I got a baked potato and broiled potato. Or boiled, I mean, not broiled. Got it. Um, already. Soft tissue, tough cookie. Soft, soft tissue, tough cookie. Okay, um, we'll start you off with soft tissue today. And mine is going to be uh, a rained all weekend. The weather, it was brutal. Um, yesterday and Monday here at least in Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin. Um, it was, I think, probably the hardest day of quarantine d- for me so far has been Sunday. It was just kind of, it was literally impossible to go, like, not impossible, I don't want to say that, but it was very difficult to do anything outside. I went for one walk, and it was like walking through a flood. Um, it, it was probably a foot high on the sidewalks. It was kind of, it was kind of nuts, honestly. Yeah, we got a little uh flooding um then in the basement yeah yeah and a couple other people our basement our basement stayed strong Uh, we went through the whole read our basement flooded tremendously in the 09 flood but we got that all redone so luckily we were safe hopefully your basement made it through it's a great basement spent a lot of time down there it stayed pretty much uh pretty solid just a few bumps Um, my my soft tissue it's kind of a random thought i just had um I was looking at some of the MLB logos from about like 2011, and I was thinking a lot of them are really not a lot of them, a few of them are really bad. Like 
the Blue Jays and Oreos, or Oreos, <laughs> Orioles, um, they 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 went away from their kind of classic, old looking like seventies bird, and the Blue Jays went to this kind of like, almost like futuristic thing, if you remember, <clears throat> and then the Orioles went to like the the small bird, which was a really bad move. Now both of them are kind of back to their uh, usual one. Also, the Astros, I never really enjoyed that weird red color, and then they have the pinstripe uniforms. And yeah, like the, the, Lan- one... the Lance Berkman, like Roy Oswald era. Yeah, <laughs> that one was really bad. Um, what was the other one I was thinking of? Oh, the Marlins. I didn't. I was fine with it for a while, but again, like the pinstripes didn't go well with those colors. It, it kind of got the Florida colors, but I didn't really like it. Um, their ones now, I'm cool with the ones like uh, – like a few years ago where they changed it in 2012 where they had the kind of color um, conglomerate was a little crazy, but I think they kind of found it now. Maybe. Um, all right. For my, it's kind of weird that you're thinking about that by the way, but um, I digress. You can't judge during it's a, it's a judgment free zone. Well, um, it was just because it was because uh, I had like all the team's pennants, mini pennants in my room in my closet. I mean, and I like pulled them out randomly and now I'm putting them back on my wall. So I was looking at them. That's that's kind of how I okay, uh, manifested gotcha. it. All, right. <clears throat> All right. Um, for my tough cookie, I'm going to go with uh, the movie Back to the Future. Uh, I watched this movie today. and It was, it was great. Um, it was like very subtle humor, but kind of – I think it was like really good acting. I think the actor was uh, Michael J. Fox. I think that was his name who played Marty. But um, – I'm looking forward to watching Back to the Future 2 sometimes in the next couple of days because um, I loved Back to the Future 1. Two questions here. Um, have you listened to the rewatchables yet? Because I saw they put um, it up I was, a few I was ago. going to do that. Uh, that's kind of the reason why I watched this movie because I was like, oh, I've heard it's a great movie. I should watch it. There's a rewatchables now about it. Yeah, same. I'm going to watch it. Um, wait, so you haven't, you, that was your first time seeing it and you haven't seen two or three? Oh, I didn't even know there was a third, but um, that was my first time seeing it. I just remember, I remember it got a, a huge amount of buzz in 2015 when this was Back to the Future 2, but they predicted that the Cubs would have been the World Series in 2015, and they're only a year off, which kind of sucks, but um, that's when I remember hearing about it most. Yeah, I've seen all three a bunch of times. Third, probably the worst. I mean, we, we can wait um, a few days until we both, or until I watch it again, then listen to the rewatchables to kind of dive in a little bit deeper. So we'll, I'll leave it at that. So we don't talk about too much. Um, but my soft, I mean, my tough cookie is me DoorDash. Today was my third day into being a driver. Um, it's been an adventure a little bit, kind of getting, getting used to everything, um, that DoorDash is my first day was very interesting. Um, so I was, you know, Kind of confused how everything was going to work. The first order went fine. Um, that was kind of clean. It was pretty easy. Second order, it was, uh, you know, it really started to downpour. You know, you're talking about it was Sunday. It was like <laughs> Sunday afternoon. Maybe not the best time to go out for the first time, but nevertheless, I did. And it was in this apartment complex on like Good Hope Road. And it was really confusing. I was like on the phone with the person. Ended up getting the food to them. That was okay. And then the third one is when things got really crazy. So, again, it was like somewhat of an apartment complex. Not as hard to navigate, 
But when I got there, um, it was just absolutely downpouring. It was like the peak of the rain. Um, it was about like four o'clock. It was actually it was like three forty-two to be exact, I think. And uh, like I get out of the car, and there's this huge puddle, and I'm holding a pizza in my right hand and the DoorDash bag in my left hand because the pizza <laughs> cannot fit. And usually I would just long jump this and it would be okay, but I, I kind of had to, <laughs> to tiptoe around it. Uh, not really tiptoe around it. I was kind of going into it. So my foot kind of gets soaked a little bit. I'm running through the rain, my shoe's untied. I hand her the pizza and I hand her the bag. But then fast forward... Like three minutes later, I'm driving and I realize I gave her the DoorDash bag on accident because I was in such a rush. I was so flustered. So I have to drive back to the, like, well, I have to call her. I have to call the person, you know, that I don't know, obviously. And she's like, okay, I have the bag. Thank you. Like, I'll be there in five minutes. I pull back up. And, like, to put this in perspective, there's like these three kind of buildings. And it's a long run between where I part, where I can park. And wore the doors. So I get out of the car and like, boom, the splash, just two feet deep into the water. It's like a kiddie pool or something I was jumping into. I am just drenched um, from head to toe. I got standing water in my shoes. I get to the door, grab the bag, another splash. And then I have to drive because there was a, a, like a birthday parade for my friend Matthew. So I was... You know, I got there a little bit late, but talked to him for a few minutes. So I was trying to navigate from getting to getting the bag and then going back to his house quick. But it was, you know, it was kind of those things that I was missing. Like I, I, I failed a lot in that day and I was really like stressed, but it was great to kind of have that back because everything's been so predictable. It's kind of a, that small adventure that, that we're all kind of missing a little bit. Gotcha. I mean, that could have been a soft tissue, but way it turned into a positive. Um, sounds like a sounds like an adventure, that's for sure. So, but overall, you're happy with the job. Yeah, I mean, you know, for what it's worth, for what I can get right now um, as a job, as we've been talking about, a lot of people, um, it's going to be hard for kids our age to find jobs this summer. I mean, you know, earning a decent amount of money, it's a creative job that's something you know, never thought I'm sure you're getting to listen to a lot of, you know, music and stuff too. Yeah. A lot of music, a lot of podcasts, a lot of time alone and deep thoughts sometimes. So, you know, that'll be fun. Maybe see a nice few people. So nice. Um, all right, now we're going to move into a little bit of the last dance. Uh, the last one was on Sunday night, um, parts 9 and 10. So we're just going to go through it a little bit. Um, we'll first start off with uh, the Steve Kerr um, the Steve Kerr story. So they spent about 10 minutes talking about Steve Kerr and his life. And uh, it all talked about kind of the trust that he shared with Jordan. Now, I, I know that Steve Kerr was one, a great shooter, um, probably one of the top, you know, 10, 15 pure shooters 
in NBA history, but I didn't know how scrawny he was. I mean, he just had, he was kind of all bone, no muscle, it kind of looked like. And I was just, if you really think about it, like, it's kind of incredible how he was one of the final five out there for, you know, three of the championships that Jordan won and on one of the best teams of all time. And he was out there when uh, when the game was down to the, when, when it was down to the wire. And I, I thought that was kind of fascinating. I didn't really know that much. So uh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't really know much about Steve Kerr's playing Kerr. I didn't know he played for the Bulls. I assume as the Warriors coach. And you're right. I mean, that's kind of the era thing with like the 90s and all the time before where, you know, he's not lifting weights in high school or, you know, it's a little bit in college, but, you know, the resistance training is not um, where it is now, really. I mean, you're right. Like he's a small guy. He's pretty much our height. I mean, probably more even my height. You're a little bit taller than him probably. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's where his his talent kind of just got him there. Yeah, for sure. Like his grit. And then they went into um, his dad's assassination, which was a very sad story. And that's kind of a uh, commonality that he shared with Michael. Um, both of their fathers were killed. Um, and they kind of both shared that bond. They never talked about it, but I think on a different level, they share that bond. And that's kind of why Michael trusted him so much. Yeah. And it, it was kind of interesting to me how, Kerr said that they never really brought it up. It was never something that they talked about. And I guess what I think about that, I like, I think because Michael seemed as kind of a reserved guy with that sort of stuff. He was yeah, kind of like, I, th- I think that too. And, because and seemed, Michael yeah. was like, like people were saying that Michael, like, obviously had a great life. Like, he is has one of the most iconic. Um, shoe brands of all time. You know, he won six championships. He's probably the greatest basketball of all time or basketball player of all time. But he, it's almost like a, uh, a disease that he has his whole life. And that disease is like competitiveness and he just can't get away from it. Like he's just competitive with everything he does. He doesn't really share that much emotion, even though he's a very charismatic character. But now he's very reserved. Obviously, we haven't heard from him. At least I haven't in you know, all the time that I've been alive. And I think that kind of showed that he was just all about winning. And maybe that's why he didn't really bring it up. Yeah. I think not to say it's like a bad thing that he's like ultra competitive or maybe it's unhealthy because we all have our kind of uh, ups and downs kind of with that. So I don't want to say it's a negative on his life, but I think that really did take a toll on him and it's maybe not the healthiest thing for a person to be almost that competitive, you know, like I, like it seemed like he almost took it. Whereas like it valued too much of his happiness. I, I think maybe so because you saw at the end of the, the documentary where, um, and I, a lot of great athletes are like this, but they, they think about all of like the championships or the wins that they didn't have rather than all that they accomplished. And, at the end of the um, the documentary, you just saw how much it told on him that they didn't get the whole gang back together and try for a seventh one. Like that really nagged at him. That still nags at him today. And that's still kind of um, the prick in his skin. I guess maybe that's an analogy. I just kind of made that up. I think it's kind of good, but that won't get away. Yeah. So, you know, I, from when I was, when I was watching it, it looked like, I thought at least it looked like he was content with retiring in 98 and you know he did end up coming back 
and playing for the Wizards in 01, but at that time in 98 and maybe the years after that, I thought, like, it looked like he was content, and I would think now, you know, 22 years later, he'd be fine with that, but it it's still interesting to see how it how it bugs him that, you know, they try to go for the seventh or didn't really keep the team together, which is surprising to me, actually. Yeah, well, I've been listening to some stuff, and it's just kind of crazy how the Bulls, they first off left... They didn't like no one. Why? Why didn't the Knicks try and go sign Michael Jordan or trade for do a sign and trade for Jordan? Why wouldn't some other team want the greatest? I mean, I get the money thing, but you can't tell me that the Bulls wouldn't have profited more money than they would have had to pay Michael Jordan in the end. And I think this is one of the things that the, about the documentary that was very surprising is that it was the owner Reinsdorf that brought the whole team down. Not not as much Kraus which kind of seemed like the main culprit at the beginning. I think it was more Reinsdorf because he didn't want to pay all these guys. Well, you know, like I go back and forth on this and I, I do see his point because I kind of look from a, from like a, like a baseball perspective, like right now, would you sign Scottie Pippen to, you know, 70, 80, maybe a $90 million deal, um, you know, as he's aging, like kind of, he hit his peak a few years ago. He's kind of on the way down. I personally, I don't think I would. I mean, Chicago is a big market, so maybe they could pull it off. But if Jordan's not in the picture, then like I'm not signing Pippen back. I, I guess. Yeah, because Pippen I guess got they, injured the next the next season, so he was in great. He wasn't even in great health, anyways. And I don't know. Like, I think it was just kind of they were they were really set in this rebuild in. I'm just con- I'm just interested why they didn't do a lot of more convincing to Jordan to be like you know we'll get the seventh like you got the energy like you but know, he you also said it, that like- if I th- he also said that if Phil Jackson isn't coaching then I'm not coming back and Phil didn't want to come back he was burnt out and he wanted a break so maybe that was why yeah so then maybe he was just kind of set on like I want to retire as a bull and like right I don't yeah. I don't want to go to a different city but. I don't know, like when I feel like playing basketball would trump trump over, you know, being in Chicago. So I guess maybe he it was kind of the thing in uh ninety three when he first retired, whereas like he was just so spent he felt like he needed a break and then Yeah, because you, know, you saw it at the end of the jazz game where he was just exhausted, like he was just he had the piano on his back for that team. And I guess maybe Maybe it was almost like a too quick of a decision because, you know, then two years later, he kind of realizes he wants to come back and plays in 01. So I don't know if he just kind of, I don't know his mindset in that situation. Was it just like, I'm so tired, I'm never going to work up the energy. And I think it was also kind of the same mindset he had in 93, where it's like, I've done everything I want to do because I'm just so far greater than anybody else. Like, I need, like, a different league. I need to find a different planet which has a higher level of basketball. It's almost like, it's almost like when you're playing with, like, five-year-olds, you're like, this is so easy, I don't want to play. Maybe it was even that a little bit. I don't think that was it because you saw how, I mean, even though he dominated, they it wasn't like they were just dominating their opponents. They were close games. And I think there would have, I don't think he won a one in 99 so I don't know if that was it, but um, it, it's a complicated issue, and we weren't around for it, so we don't know as much, obviously. Um, but anyways, I thought the documentary was great. Introduced us to Michael Jordan. I 
totally see him in a different version than I saw him before this. And so I think that's one of the main um, goals of the documentary or the docu-series, and I think that it accomplished that. Yeah, I think it was a great documentary. I mean, can't wait to see LeBron's temper documentary in 25, 30 years from now. To we'll see about that, though, because this. because uh, LeBron – well, well, did you see – they did kind of come out with part of a documentary, The More Than an Athlete. Did you see that? That was on ESPN+. Plus. No, I didn't see that at okay. all. Okay. Um, I watched that. That was pretty good. There's an eight was, part. How long was it? Just like eight one part, hour? Eight, eight part, 20 document, 20 minutes each. Oh, when was that done? How, like how long? Uh, was about it two, two years ago, probably. But All I don't right, know if, so... I don't know if LeBron, is he as controversial as Michael Jordan? I don't know because obviously well, he's moving around and people were upset when he went to Miami, but uh, yeah. I'm just saying like, I think all the people in LeBron's camp are going to want that just to kind of have the two greatest have their, you know, have their documentary, I guess. And, you know, I, maybe if his story is maybe not as a compelling, I mean, there's, you can still find 10 hours that are very interesting of LeBron's story. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be worried about that. Um, I think it would just like, people are going to, are going to want that at some point, I'm guessing. Yeah, for sure. All right, that is it for uh, episode 118 of the Bay Brothers. Jack, take it away from here. Once again, you can email us at baybrothers2018 at gmail.com. That's baybrothers2018 at gmail.com. You can tweet us at baybrothers1 and at Hall underscore 2 and at DCNJack. But for now, we're going to close with you, I believe, by Jordan Edmonds, a song written uh, especially for this time. So we'll let you hear that, and we will see you next time. What you give out gets returned. Life's a gamble, roll the dice. Days on earth ain't promised. We just all living on borrowed time. That there's still hope in the world. If we just come together, unify and don't divide. Strength in numbers, love each other. That's where our true power lies. I believe in love, love. Message from above, uh. Stronger than the bullets in a barrel of a gun, gun. Beauty in the struggle, struggle. Be proud of where you come from. Never let them see you down. Your journey only just begun. I believe in happiness. Happen if you practice it. Activate your inner bliss, then destiny will manifest. I believe in truth, so keep it G with what you say. If I believe in you, then will you promise to believe in me? Life could be heaven on earth. Soon as you realize your worth. Live your life and you will find Those that mind don't matter And the ones that matter do not mind That when you lose you can learn The truth and how to discern Messages between the lines Keep your eyes wide open So that you don't ever miss the signs